1: my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. On Clark.com and in this podcast, we try to cover topics that will save you money every day in your life, and one thing we cover extensively on Clark.com, cell phone plans. Today, I want to make sure you're aware there's a price war going on in the cell phone industry. And also, much of the United States suffered extreme record cold over the holidays. And in parts of the country, from Texas across the South and into lower parts of the Mid-Atlantic, pipes burst, caused millions of dollars and water damage, no matter where you live, I want to talk about simple precautions and things you got to know if you've had damage to your dwelling. I want to talk about something doing damage to your wallet, and that's what you pay for technology. If you went back, gosh, 25 years ago and you talked about technology bills, people would be like, huh? What are you talking about? But today, technology bills are a big part of our monthly expense and our cell phones have become the modern swiss army knife they do so many different things for us there are things that having one in our lives truth be told a negative not a positive too much of a good thing can become a bad thing just think about the harm of social media particularly on people that are teenagers and preteens but i digress Those cell phones you have, the cost of the monthly service had been creeping up for a while, and this was ever since T-Mobile absorbed Sprint. Those prices had been going up because it took some competitive pressure off the marketplace. Now T-Mobile is not allowed to raise rates for a number of years, but both AT and T and Verizon raise rates. Well, Verizon in particular has become the 98-pound weakling of the big three. Uh, They used to have network superiority. They don't anymore. Verizon was always the most expensive. And the perception of Verizon is as the most expensive. So they've been losing steady market share. So Verizon, the empire is struck back. And they are becoming very aggressive on pricing. You may have seen the ads if you watch the only TV I ever watch is football, so I see those Verizon ads every three seconds, it feels like, that they're offering family plans now, family of four, 100 bucks a month. And it's unlimited talk, unlimited text, unlimited data. And they use it as a way to try to fight back against the market share they're losing, particularly to T-Mobile and to the discounters that are below the big three. And so Verizon's like we got to do something. They use this plan, a uh, family of 4 for a 100 bucks plus junk fees and taxes as a way to try to get you into the Verizon's house and then push you to their more expensive plans. But if all you really need is talk, text and unlimited data, you're good on that Verizon plan. T-Mobile has had to defensively react and they're now offering four lines for 100 bucks plus junk fees and taxes added on, which is interesting with T-Mobile because their plans normally include everything all in on the price. But in order to match Verizon dollar for dollar, they're doing the same thing, four lines, 100 bucks plus taxes and junk fees. AT&T to this point has stood on the sidelines in this market share battle between the upstart T-Mobile and the former giant of the cell phone industry, now the 98-pound weakling, Verizon. In addition, the new fourth player, Boost, B-O-O-S-T, which is owned by Dish Network, and this is not the same Boost that used to exist. This is the new Boost, is offering, for the life of your service with them, For one individual, you don't have to be part of any family group, $25 a month, unlimited talk, text, and data. And so if you're getting the idea, $25 is the new sweet spot per month for your cell phone plan, including the things that matter to most people. And so on Clark.com, we have a write-up on the boost offer for one individual the boost plan is called Boost Infinite, and it's early access. Supposedly, they're rationing you onto their system, and you're supposedly going to have to wait for an invite, but I'm hearing that people are putting in for early access, and they're getting granted immediately on the boost for the 25 a month. The boost network coverage is fine. No problem with that, and Verizon and T-Mobile both have... Buy networks. So if you are on a family plan, there are four of you, you're paying too much money, you want to stay with a known brand name, you want to look at these four lines for $100 a month plus junk fee plans. And yes, it is true that if you with T-Mobile, AT&T, or Verizon, you go on their hefty or more expensive plans, you get more things thrown in. The question is, do you need those things? In my case, I do, I'm on T-Mobile and I have 14 lines on T-Mobile and I don't actually talk on 14 devices at once. There are 14 of us on my plan and we've got a really good deal that works out to be uh, $31 a month per line is what it nets out being and with ours, we have international travel which is important to probably eight of the 14 of us on our plan. And so when something becomes really important as an add-on benefit, and you can really justify the cost, yes. Otherwise, go with these stripped-down plans that get you back to that gold target, which is $25 a month per line. And again, at Clark.com, we explain these plans for each provider. Grace is here for Krista. Krista wants me to point out she's very minorly sick with a cold. I don't want to catch her germs. And that's why I, I said, okay, so I can wear a hazmat suit, Krista, or you can stay away. And so Grace is here filling in for Here Christa. I
0: am. And I have a question. Question from Janet in California. I'm on the verge of buying a Tesla next week. Will the technology be outdated shortly within 15 years? Why do I hear negative reviews? Am I just paying a lot money for a fad?
1: No. Okay. So electric vehicles are steadily going to continue to take market share because at base, they're, they're going to be much cheaper to own what's called... Total cost of ownership, that's the life cycle of owning a vehicle. And within uh, sometime before mid-decade, I'm guessing, um, maybe in late 24, early into 25, we're going to have electric vehicles that are cheaper to buy than gas engine because the improvements in battery performance and battery cost are moving much quicker than scientists would have expected. Would I buy an electric vehicle now only as a lifestyle choice. I would not buy one for dollars and cents. As an example, Tesla's vehicles are much more expensive than they used to be. Tesla, uh, during the pandemic, raised prices on their vehicles again and again and again. And what you're having to pay to buy one is, in many cases, tens of thousands of dollars higher than it used to be, even as their costs have gone down. Tesla has a huge margin on their vehicles, terrible customer service, so many complaints about service after the sale from Tesla, and Elon Musk is a mess right now. I'm a Tesla driver. Would I buy a Tesla right now? No, no. And Elon Musk hopefully will grow up, (laughs) or Tesla will bring in a day-to-day CEO or COO to operate the company. And get the service and customer service right. But right now, I would say I would not buy a Tesla. Somebody who's driven a Tesla for 10 years, very early adopter, love the vehicles. From an economic standpoint, it cannot be justified right now. And from a customer service and service standpoint, cannot be justified.
0: All right. This is from Alex in Illinois. Hi, Clark. This may be an unanswerable question. When is saving money shopping actually not worth it? (laughs) Considering one's opportunity cost to earn money from work, time necessary to save on a specific deal, and one's mental temperament.
1: Okay. So the last thing is what counts, Alex, mental temperament. Okay. So Alex, none of us are efficient with our time. We're human beings. We, uh, We futz away a lot of our life, right? doing things that are fun or just sitting on the sofa or whatever. So if saving money on deals seems like a big hassle to you, a big bother, don't do it. What I would say is instead of comparison shopping all the time, like I'm obsessed with and all that, just know where you're shopping makes a big difference. As an example, if you just bought the things you need over the course of a year and the things you want over the course of a year at one of the three warehouse clubs, you would be saving money just by breathing. If the whole idea of comparison shopping is not your thing, don't do it. Just shop where, based on the fundamentals of how they operate their business and the overhead built into it, buy everything you can from the warehouse clubs and call it a day, and you will have saved enough money, and you won't have to spend that effort, time, and mental energy on trying to save money.
0: This is from Jim in Idaho. My credit union has a service called Pop Money that oh. is used to send money to other people. I assume- We don't allow- This is a family show. We're not supposed
1: to <laughs> no on this show.
0: I assume Pop is short for pay other people. I wonder if this is similar to Zelle and if it has the same risks. Do you?
1: Yes, it has the same risks. It is the same problem and it's tied directly into your credit union account. And is just as bad as big bad Zell, just not well known. There were a lot of institutions, a lot of credit unions who were using pop. They've moved to Zell. And Zell is a disease that is lurking in your bank or credit union account. And it's just a point at which that virus pops out. See, I use pop and talking about Zell and will eat up your wallet. It is terrible for your financial health. Zell remains a curse against humanity. The consumer protections that were promised for Zell have not taken effect yet. We don't even know how much teeth there are going to be in the consumer protections that the banks that own Zell are supposedly going to implement sometime later in January. But so far silence is not golden. And these payment apps tied into your bank or credit union account are poison to your pocketbook. Don't use them unless you love having your money vanish right before your eyes and the bank says tough on you or the credit union says that too. Do you think I have any opinion about big bad no, I don't know if you were clear. I think I was clear. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about something else that's big, bad, and ugly Pipe-ageddon. pipe Mageddon. I always mess that one up. In fact, it was funny on TV, I had to do two takes, uh, two additional takes because I couldn't get pipe Mageddon out of my mouth. What is Mageddon? Well, it struck a lot of people through the extreme cold wave that moved across America.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: The incredible winter storm that started on the West Coast and swept across America, set in many communities, record low temperatures that ever been on that particular date and was considered to be a once in a generation winter storm. We'll see if it really is another 20 years or so till we have a brutal winter storm like it with tragic loss of life particularly in upstate New York and I feel so terrible for the families that lost loved ones in a part of the country where they feel prepared for winter and this one was so brutal so bad that people literally froze to death In much of the country, the consequences were not death or illness, it was water. In fact, uh, in the condo we live in, we were without water six days because we had pipes break all over the place and some flooding of actual units in our building and uh, the smell. I was on one of the floors just the other day and the, the smell from what smells like, I don't know if it's mold or whatever, it smells mildew. Anyway, it's really bad. And a lot of people breathe a sigh of relief because their neighbors had pipes burst, but they didn't and things like that. So there's some things I want you to think about because we had these pipes bursting from Texas all the way across the southern tier of states up into the lower mid-Atlantic, if you go further up north and across the Great Plains, very few pipes broke because they are properly weatherized for extreme cold temperatures. But historically, to save money, pipes have not been properly wrapped and insulated in most of the south. And as you move up as high as Maryland, a lot of places they've not been Wrap properly. So there are a few things. One, if your pipes did burst, you could be facing unbelievable water bills in the thousands of dollars. But those water bills may well be negotiable. Most water systems account for extreme catastrophic circumstances like this. And with most water providers, you can petition for a credit against your bill because of what they may refer to as a mysterious water leak or because of the winter storm or whatever, and they will reduce the bill by a substantial amount of money. We had a problem years ago at a home where a water pipe underground burst, and we did not know till we got a water bill that was normally around $100 for a month, was $5,800. And what the water system that we used at that time required was we had to provide them with a copy of the bills from the plumber, pictures of the damage they had repaired, and then the water bill was reduced, in their case, by 60%. We still had to pay 40% of the bill, but they removed 60%. And every water system has from a life's tough and then you die policy to a system they use for accommodating with this. And so when that ugly bill comes in the next couple of weeks, know that you want to go right back to the water company and see what you can do about it. If you know that your neighbors had a problem with the pipes bursting, it means you just got lucky this time, particularly if you live across the southern tier of states. It means that you don't hide from this, give this some time, but you want to either if it's a job you can do yourself or you need to hire someone to do so, you want to properly insulate those pipes in your home to prevent this happening to you? And the water I talked about, that's not the big expense. The big expense is the damage to your home. Do you know that one- third of what homeowners insurers spend is on water claims? One-third, and I'm not talking about flooding because they don't cover flooding. You know I'm talking about flooding not in your home, but when there's a flood in a community, your homeowners insurance doesn't cover that. And still one-third of the cost of claims they pay is water. So getting proper insulation in is great, but the other thing you should consider, and I talked about this last winter when this came up in a much smaller problem, how important it is for you to have one of these water sensing devices, that there are ones that are really sophisticated that have to be installed by a plumber, and then there are consumer models that will tell you when there's a water leak in your home and they do it by different methods, many times by sensing a drop in water pressure, then some will automatically shut off the water in your home, the plumber installed versions, or the consumer ones, it warns you to go turn it off. And by the way, if you don't know where the shutoff is to your water in your home, apartment, or condo, find out. So that if there is a leak, as quickly as possible, you can turn that water off so you limit the damage that would uh, really tear your place apart. And on that happy note, All right. did you have any water damage at your house?
0: No, no. But we were out for about 24 hours uh, one day and we turned off the water.
1: Turned off. Yeah, the pipe. So um, how did we brush our teeth? Oh, how? With bottle water? So what we did, my wife knew this from camping, and I don't know why this related to camping, but she gave each of us a little hand towel and said, this is gross, but you spit into the towel. So we used bottled water, and then we we spit afterwards into a towel, and uh, it was pretty messy, and I don't even want to talk about going to the bathroom. But the other thing (laughs) is uh, we each... My wife, our son, and me, we all went different places to shower.
0: Oh, all right.
1: My wife did at the yoga studio. My son did at the gym. And I went to the in-laws. I was going Because they had the best shower. So <laughs> I went there.
0: <laughs> all right. So this question is from Blanca in Florida. Happy New Year. Thanks for all you do. I just heard about high security checks. Are they worth the expense? Would they really keep someone from stealing my check and using it for fraudulent
1: purchase? purchase. So Blanca, I haven't talked about this in a while. I had urged business owners to make sure they're using high security checks. High security checks have a variety of features built into them that protect you. And the reason I talked about it for businesses, and I'll talk about consumers in a second, is that under the law, businesses have far more financial risk from altered checks and stolen checks than consumers do because they're governed by a whole different series of laws known as the Uniform Commercial Code. So, you could have a theft of checks from your business and have those passed or checks could be stolen and rewritten, whatever, and you have enhanced liability as a business that you don't have as a consumer. The real risk to a consumer and the reason why it's a great idea as a consumer to buy high-security checks is they're much harder to alter, And as a consumer, the risk to you is a business swears out a warrant for your arrest when you stop payment on a check and you're having to get a criminal defense attorney and all this stuff. So it's not about the money because your money is protected as a consumer, whereas not as a business, it's the risk of the legal system coming down on you as a consumer. So high security checks used to be a much more expensive check to purchase and now they're not. Like, even if you go to places like, I love the warehouse clubs, you order checks from Sam's Club or Costco Wholesale, they sell high security checks now. And you'll be good. You'll be safe. It protects you from somebody washing the check and putting a new payee on, changing the amount, a number of protections against alteration of a check. It becomes more difficult for somebody to falsely duplicate the check. A lot of protections built in to the high security checks.
0: All right, this one is from Nicole in Florida. We have become SoFi banking customers and recently were notified that our savings account interest rate will increase to 3.75. Current interest rate on our checking since we have direct deposit with them is 2.5. How is this possible? And how long can we expect to collect these great rates?
1: Nicole, it's all about times in history. I'm old enough that I remember when I was earning 17% on my savings account, in the galloping inflation era of the late 70s and early 80s. So these rates have come about because the Federal Reserve has stopped manipulating interest rates down, and we had the ugly inflation of 22 becoming more benign inflation here in 23. And so these rates will continue as long as we are under what's known as tight money policy from the Fed, and inflation is a concern. So the rates change daily, typically on these online savings accounts, and when it appears clear that the inflation cycle is broken, you will see the rates start to decline on the savings accounts. That's why if you have money, you shop around for long-term CDs, and I need to do this as a segment the next couple of weeks on the podcast about when it's a good idea to tie up your money in CDs instead of in savings accounts. And we're getting really close to an inflection point where it's going to be to your advantage with money you can tie up longer term to tie it up. This gets kind of pointy headed, but rich people buy and big institutions do the equivalent of savings accounts and CDs direct with the federal government. Some of you may have heard me talk about treasury direct. And what's happening is that longer term treasuries are now paying lower interest rates than shorter term, which means that there's a belief in the big financial institutions of the country that inflation is close to being broken. And so that's why and that the economy may head to a recession. That combination means that longer term rates are going lower than shorter term rates. The effect of that is that locking in CDs at today's higher rates may be a better idea, but I'm going to explain that by various terms of CDs, and I promise I'll do that in the next couple of weeks on the podcast. And I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Please, if you just kind of found us, subscribe or follow the podcast where you listen. If you enjoy the podcast, we have more people come to us from Apple's podcasts than anywhere else. If you like what we do, review us on Apple Podcasts. If you don't like our podcast at all, make sure that you refer us as a place that somebody should listen to. To somebody you don't like or to a relative that you don't really care for. But other than that, (laughs) if you like what we're doing, please review us and let your best friends know and your family members know that this is an opportunity for you to take charge, take control, and own that wallet of yours. Have a great day.